Homestyle Green, episode 115. What's the difference between HRV and ERV? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. Now, one of the key ingredients of a good place to live is ventilation, and it's a topic that can be quite confusing, particularly when we start talking about HRV and ERV, not least because there's some confusion around brand names and and what HRV actually is. Uh, And then there's MVHR which I'll tell you now up front is Mechanical Ventilation Heat Recovery. And Grant Anderson is the National MVHR Manager at Fantec. And I got him on the show to explain a little bit about what HRV is and what it isn't, and also what is ERV. Anyway, if you're confused by all those acronyms and when to uh, use one or the other, then listen in. Here's Grant Anderson of Fantech. Okay, so Grant, thanks for joining us. Uh, Great to have you on the show. Can you start by telling us why you do what you do at the moment? Why I do what I do? Um, It gives me an excellent um, feeling of satisfaction, Uh, I would be the best way to put it. Nice. Um, I'm quite passionate about the passive house standards and uh, the levels of uh, comfort that it brings to homeowners. Uh-huh. So that's, yeah, I suppose above all else, that's the most satisfying thing in my role. Which on the face of it is some people might find surprising because you are uh, national MVHR manager at Fantech. So the cynic could say, what's satisfying about selling fans? Mm. Uh, Well, these aren't fans. These are really, um, uh, well, I suppose it's, it's quite a a fantastic add on to the home. So it's, it's an added value feature. So um, you could be very cynical and say, we're just all about actually selling product. Um, that's not really our business model. Uh, we've invested massive amounts of time and energy in uh, making sure that these uh, systems are in fact actually specified correctly. Mm-hmm. And secondly, then they are actually installed correctly. So if we, if we vary from the, ver- um, the fundamental basics, then the, the result for the end unit end user is not that great. So, um, I suppose right from the very beginning, one of the first things I said was, I cannot be interrupted. This is going to occupy my time too much. So any incoming phone calls for any of the other core business of fans, please do not forward them through to me and um, and I will not pick up the phone because I need to absolutely focus on this and make sure that we are doing everything correctly. Right. Secondly, what I did was I took over from a role that somebody else had already started and um, had got a few projects underway and I looked at the the way those um, projects had been designed and installed and I can't say that I was overly impressed 
um, with what I saw. And so what we actually did was we invested in actually taking those systems out and doing them the new way, which I consider to be the best way. Really? So this, these were um, ventilation systems were installed in buildings? Yes, we, we had, um, we had um, a number of problems with um, our core business is, a, is the import and supply of fans. Mm-hmm. And so if we took that business model and we applied it to this and we just said, well, okay, you, you, Mr. Installer, buy the product from us and away you go and you install it, um, that is actually, um, to a large degree, our business model for commercial fans. Right. We rely on the so capital su- contractor. Supplier. Yeah, we are an importer and a supplier. Yep. So anyway, um, that business model was um, the original way we went about things. And what we discovered was that uh, installers that uh, did not know what they were doing would just go ahead and install the stuff anyway and not ask questions. So uh, a number of these projects, um, we made the effort to go and inspect them ourselves. Well, I did once I took over. And um, said, well, actually, this this is not performing to what I consider to be the Zender standard. And so we've got a very clear um, definition that if it's going to be done, it has to be done to the Zender standard. And we need to um, recover 90% of the energy as promised. And uh, we need um, the indoor environment to be completely silent. And there should be no mechanical drumming sounds inside the home whatsoever. And uh, that's something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, it, uh, I want a very quiet, very comfortable, very even temperature home with a nice, fresh, um, aired out sensation at all times. And um, so some of these um, earlier systems were using rigid PVC ducting and um, and incorporating um, my number one enemy, uh, flexible ducting. Um, right. I'll cover a bit about that later on. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, passionate about um, the exclusion of that product in any installation and um, anyway so we've really proven ourselves that we stand by the product and uh, we've literally just taken units out and reinstalled them and um, so my first six months on the um, in this role um, was actually an extremely stressful time yeah you must have been pretty popular um, <laughs> yeah. Pointing well, out all the, all the mistakes the company made. Yeah, well, it was for the homeowners because I, I think I clearly demonstrated that it really was all about them. Yeah, and, right. And it wasn't actually about us. Yeah. And it wasn't about, um, you know, um, blame, basically. It was just about getting it right. Yeah. And, um, in fact, I've actually been doing this exact same thing again today on a project um, – um, I've, I've got a new staff member, so it was quite uh, good to take him to this house and say, this is an installation which actually works very well, but um, um, the installer had not advised the homeowner that they needed to lay an additional layer of insulation over all of the ducts, so they're lying exposed in a roof space. And uh, naturally, we were losing a lot of energy in winter. Um, so anyway, uh, we went along and made a few alterations and uh, just conversed with the um, insulation people. So, uh, nice, nice. So, you know, that's a big part of the day on a very busy schedule um, now, to make sure that the owner actually is very happy. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, you, um, so Grant, you've got a lot of technical knowledge now about these systems. We'll, we'll explain about a bit more about what they are, but you're yep. not a mechanical engineer. Is that correct? I'm not a mechanical engineer, but I work with them every day. And uh, So how did you learn all this stuff? Well, it's really by um, – 
I'm one of those very unfortunate people um, that uh, doesn't pick up novels. I pick up technical manuals. Yeah. And um, that's just been me through my entire life. Um, yeah. as, as far as I can remember, I was the guy that um, pulled his bicycle apart and uh, had to know how it worked. Works and uh, I actually did reassemble it and it did actually go better than anybody else's. Right, um, and no missing just, pieces. Um, no missing pieces. Everything worked perfectly. Nice, <laughs> nice. So um, I did break a few things, I'm sure. But um, I've just got a very uh, mechanical aptitude and I've, I'm a very curious person. I must know how everything works. And um, when I'm interested in something, I really just absolutely um, immerse myself in that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I've got a, a passionate interest in photography as well, which has been a very intense interest for many years. And um, I'm, I've taught myself all the Photoshop um, programs and um, spent lots of money on going to courses and all of that. And uh, basically I treat uh, my role with Fantech exactly the same way. I treat it actually like an interest. And, um, and uh, the homes that I go to um, – which have incorporated the principles of, of passive house standards, or some of them anyway, um, I walk away very happy that those people are living in very comfortable homes, uh, which are ahead of their time here in New Zealand anyway, mm-hmm. um, and uh, will have fantastic resale value, and they'll have nice, healthy um, children, mm. and um, they will sleep well, and their energy levels will be better for all of this. Um, that's... That's the true satisfaction I get out of this role. Nice. So, so you let's let's talk about you mentioned Zender there. How yeah. does Zender fit into Fantech? And you mentioned that the Fantech mm. is a global company. For those that haven't come across Fantech, because not everyone will have global company, mostly involved with the supply of fans for commercial and residential um, buildings. And then, how does Zender fit into all that? Well, um, it's it's the movement of air, um, so it does fit in partially with what our core business is. Yep. Um, our core business is specifically just the fan. Um, right. So this is a bit of a step outside of, of that. Um, so it's actually an add-on. Um, it's a side um, feature of the business. So it's by no means is it um, Fantech's core business. It's literally something that I presented as an idea going back about three and a half years ago that this should be treated as um, something separate from the um, the fan business. Mm-hmm. And, um, we should focus on this and concentrate on this and that going forward people will want um, very high-performance ventilation systems um, for modern-built homes. Yep. And um, so we're actually officially a a standalone division of Fantech. Right. Um, however, the efforts that we've put in here in New Zealand have been observed overseas and other um, companies within the Alta Group, which Fantech falls inside the Alta Group, which is about 160 organisations around the world. So more closely, uh, Fantech Australia is our sister company or mm-hmm. our parent company. And um, so they've, they've observed what's been happening here with the, the growth and interest in heat recovery ventilation for high-performance homes here in New Zealand. And um, they're taking it very seriously. And um, so is one of our sister companies in Italy as well. And uh, there's a true belief amongst uh, many of my colleagues now that um, this type of approach is definitely the way forward in the future. 
right. and, and we need to pay attention to it. So we've really just created a, a division um, within Fantech, which just deals with heat recovery ventilation. Where Zender comes into that is that when we were first approached by um, Murray Durbin many years ago or a number of years ago, um, it was basically he was the person that said, you know, we've, we're building this passive house and we've looked at all these heat recovery ventilation systems around the world and we've heard about this product called Zender. And um, yeah. so uh, we literally just waltzed in and, and spoke to Zender um, on one of the trade shows in Europe and um, introduced ourselves and um, the relationship started from there. So we bought those units in for the first passive house in Glendowie and also um, for a number of others and now also in Murray Durbin's house. Right. And um, and uh, so really we looked at all the other products and, and some of um, we actually already handle heat recovery ventilation units and um, but there's absolutely nothing that has come anywhere near close to the standard of quality that Zender produces and um, I still stand by that statement today. We still haven't come across a single product that um, I would want to change to or or not deal with Zender because the quality is so high. Now, we've not had a single warranty-related issue to date at all. Yeah. Um, it's just um, a very confidence-inspiring product. The only outside to it is the premium European product, so it's a premium European price too. Yeah, right. So European, uh, German, is it? Uh, it's always referred to as German, actually, but it's a Swiss company. Oh, interesting. Yes. Uh, their factory is in uh, Germany, and their technical department is in Germany. And uh, they have divisions in the UK as well, um, but also in Switzerland. And, yep. Um, but, yep, Zender started off as a motorcycle exhaust pipe company um, way back before World War One. Right. And uh, if if you look at their website, uh, they couldn't be much further away from motor motor. No. Cycle exists right now. It's all about, about clean about spaces and, and health. <laughs> now, you mentioned a couple of performance parameters earlier, um, and you just referred to no warranty and, and issues, sort of um, just reliability. But yes. how? What differentiates a good heat recovery ventilation system? I mean, how do you know? a good one from an, a not so good one because let's face it there's a lot of stuff out there on the market particularly just in the heat recovery ventilation space mm. um how do people tell the difference well I, I think people really have absolutely no idea to be honest um, <laughs> and as an end user how would you really know the difference uh, yeah, maybe a salesman coming to your door. I don't know. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, what we're all forced into is a situation where the the effectiveness of the salesperson is the um, is the only true difference that the end user actually sees. Um, we're quite blessed in that the vast majority of the people that we deal with are very well researched. Right. So I find that. Um, quite interesting in that um, some of the homeowners uh, that contact us could easily work for us. <laughs> nice. They, they really, really know what they're talking about. Um, but um, is, is that just because these are sort of early adopters at this stage? Like is yeah. that um, a, a, just a function of it being relatively uh, new in New Zealand at least? Yes, Absolutely. Um, the, the pioneers, basically. So, um, the pioneers are always the passionate ones. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, when you're passionate about something, you really delve into it. Yep. 
Um, so um, it's, this is not a mass um, product that everybody's going to rush forward and buy like a TV. So um, at this stage, um, um, there, there's not enough of these around for people to really even understand um, what is even going on. I can explain this to my brother and he has absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I tell my mother about this and she has absolutely not the faintest clue. She just goes, that's nice. Um, so really, I mean, what, what makes for a good unit? Um, it's probably the, um, the quality of the components themselves and whether it is a, um, a full solution. And by that, I mean, uh, is there a, a solution which incorporates the ducting system as well? Does it address um, not only performance, does it address um, certainty of life, mm-hmm. the building? Mm-hmm. Um, does it address um, maintenance, such as the ability to clean the ductwork and to um, service the filters easily um, without the use of a, a service person having to be called out to do that? And obviously, the... Um, efficiency of the heat recovery core itself and um, whether that's suitable again, uh, the the expected lifespan of that. And uh, modern heat exchanger cores now are actually made out of plastic. Mm -hmm. And so we hear a lot about aluminium and paper heat exchanger cores. Um, The the heat exchanger core where we've got in our units, you can actually pull them out, you can wash them in the shower. Right. So they are completely tolerant to water, and um, a, a massive benefit behind that. If it's associated, if you incorporate the appropriate ducting system, you can also extract um, from all of your wet areas, including the shower, and um, so we can recover the energy from the bathroom, and as opposed to a conventional bathroom exhaust fan, which just dumps your energy directly outside in order to get rid of the steam. Yeah, right. Because bathrooms are typically fairly warm, aren't they? So, and you usually would just, like you say, expel all that air because you, you're paranoid about getting rid of the, the the moisture. You want to get rid of the moisture. You need to remove moisture at the source, and that's an important function of all homes. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, exactly. A bathroom is one of your main um, heated zones in a house. It's got heated towel rails and often um, heated mirrors and un- uh, heated underfloor. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously there is the energy and the steam itself as well, um, which is being released into the room. So it's a, it's a fantastic benefit to be able to capture all of that energy and then be able to recycle it back into the home again. Without the moisture? Well, it just, um, it just um, drains the moisture away. So these units are um, connected to a plumbing outlet, so they literally just are connected to a drain. So um, the condensation will um, just go into a drip tray and, and drain away. Now, we've jumped over a fairly big assumption here that uh, I guess coming back to that level of understanding, there's there's a couple of layers in there. The first is a fairly fundamental one that we're talking about true heat and then also energy recovery as opposed to just positive pressure, which Mm. through some unfortunate naming, there's a lot of confusion because one of the biggest – um, beliefs that I f- think is out there in the, the common marketplace here in Australia and New Zealand is that a lot of people think they've got a heat recovery ventilation system mm. when, in fact, they've just got a glorified fan in the ceiling. Mm. 
that's the that again is the um the power power of the salesperson you're dealing with and um so until these things become more and more um every day um we'll be stuck with uh, the good work of of HRV and um is there and a, done a great job of marketing yeah in the environment um that they were presented with um, in in your view is there any place for um just straight positive pressure or, e- or even um, negative mm. pressure I know it's common overseas mm. um, supply only uh, ventilation does it, does that mm. have a place um, yeah the short answer is yes yes I, I do believe it does um, but that places in homes that already readily breathe um, um, have very high infiltration ratios already and have a health related concern. So in order to tackle the health-related concern, you need to introduce an air exchange ratio. Yeah. And um, often the cheapest, most effective way to do that is to um, just push air through. And um, the term um, HRV, which um, they say is heat recovery ventilation, um, is is not true heat recovery ventilation. It's, um, it's a play on words, which is at certain points in time, the space in your roof is warmer than the, uh, the room you're in. So we'll recover that energy and we'll push it into, into the living space. Mm-hmm. And that's quite true. There's, there's nothing that's a lie about that. It's not, it's not warm up there at night. And, um, and so there are periods where it actually cools the house down as well. Mm-hmm. So, I would only ever recommend that type of approach on a home which already has very high infiltration rates anyway, and therefore it's unlikely that you'll actually pressurize the house. And uh, my concern with pressurizing a house is that you'll push um, a warm air layer through an insulation layer to the other side where it will experience condensation um, right. in an invisible area. That level of inf- infiltration, though, is probably um, prevalent in most of our housing stock that certainly all the houses that are built before say mid seventies, not most of them, all of them. All of them. So that's a fairly good market share that yes, um, a, a simple fan is probably going to be effective. Well, it uh, comes down to what you're after. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is that if, you were to consider putting in a high performance heat recovery ventilation into a home which has high infiltration ratios, mm. then, um, well, you know, it's kind of like um, pushing a barrow uphill, really. Yeah. Um, there's not a huge amount of energy to recover. So, why would you right. invest in this? Yeah. So, um, the, the approach in those types of homes is that you dry the home out. Um, and that is very important in all homes if you want to be healthy. And um, and secondly, that you just absolutely throw electricity at it or some other energy source to warm it up. Yeah, yeah, because that's the other concern is that you are just pushing all that heat really? out. And from talking to others, I, I feel like there's a there's a bit of a sweet spot where a solution like that might be suitable. But you also get to a point where you've just got so much infiltration that it's kind of pointless because the house is – just so leaky anyway that exactly you're not yeah. actually going to do much to it um yeah. so that's i mean that i thought hopefully that clears up a little bit of of um i mean that's the base level uh after you've sorted out your extraction i guess yes um then so the next level up is is heat recovery ventilation and that's mm. 
uh, that starts uh, with what you do. Is that correct? Um, yes, that's right. Yeah. So this really comes into play when you start introducing um, modern building techniques that are more airtight yep. than, than the 70s approach. Yeah. And um, so... Which is where most, you know, we're, we're moving to with all mod. I mean, certainly with, with Passive House and people who are very, very uh, conscious of that during the design and build. But even if you're not, a lot of our houses are pretty airtight these days. Exactly. Um, basically, there are no homes that are being built that shouldn't have some form of uh, mechanical ventilation incorporated into their design. Um, I believe that all homes should have some form of designed heat uh, of um, air exchange ratio to maintain a healthy environment. Right. There should be some way of um, removing moisture at the source, which is the kitchens and bathrooms and laundries and mudrooms and those kinds of things. And, um, so really the um the equation then is um how significant is air tightness and um and and it is significant so most modern builds are relatively airtight they're not yeah. very airtight but they are relatively airtight yep um so the more airtight the home is the more um absolutely important that it is that some form of um ventilation is designed into the home to maintain a healthy environment yeah um, and at a passive house standard, I believe it's absolutely essential. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. And what's the difference between heat recovery versus energy recovery? Because we're, now we're going from HRVs to ERVs. Mm. Yes, I love that HRV term. Um, <laughs> true, true heat, heat recovery. Yeah, true heat recovery is... Um, when is a balanced ventilation system. So we are supplying air into a space, which is a residence. Yep. At the same time, we are extracting the same volume of air. So it's a simultaneous thing. You're pumping air in and you're pulling it out simultaneously, the same, exactly the same volume. So you're neither pressurizing the house or depressurizing it. Yep. The outgoing air contains all of your valuable energy that would otherwise be wasted if you just opened your doors and windows to ventilate in, say, winter, which nobody does. So that outgoing air then passes through a heat exchanger core and, and it can transfer the vast majority of around about 90% of that heat back into the incoming air supply yep. so that you can maintain a, a, a consistent and permanent air exchange ratio flushing out the stale, humid um dirty air and replacing it with a fresh air supply. So that's heat recovery, which is balanced. You're supplying air and you are extracting exactly the same volume of air. And that's very important. It is exactly the same volume of air. And uh, you are recovering the heat from the outgoing air supply and transferring it back into the incoming air. Yep. So that's heat recovery ventilation. And uh, so the next step up from that is energy recovery ventilation, which not only recovers the heat, but it also recovers moisture vapor or humidity. And um, it sounds like a horrible thing when you say it, that you have, why would you want to return moisture back into the home? Um, but there are certain um, climate conditions where this can be a big advantage. And um, areas like central Otago are areas where we would visit the suitability of a product like that. And uh, 
So the ultimate um, efficiency, so the humidity is actually energy. So that's where they get the term energy recovery ventilation. So you're recovering the heat and you're also recovering um, moisture vapor. So the how it basically works is that if it's hot and humid outside, it will recycle the humidity from outside back to outside so it will never make it in. Right. So in summertime, it will help you to lower the relative humidity and your comfort levels in summer. And it will do the exact opposite in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, if we took, say, a um, an outdoor air supply of um, of zero degrees and it had 50% relative humidity and then we brought it into a warm environment and, and um, it became 20 degrees, um, the relative humidity of that year would fall um, to very low, to about 10%. And that's an area where um, basically, you know, bacteria and viruses um, thrive. And not only that, but it can cause some substantial discomfort to the homeowner anyway um, by dry eyes and chapped lips and those sorts of things. Yeah. So um, we would want to recover the outgoing um, moisture and and bring that back into the incoming air supply in winter, which actually makes you feel warmer. Yeah. And also um, is much better for controlling um, viruses and bacteria in the home as well. Yeah, yeah. So that all it all makes sense from a performance point of view, and I can kind of visualise an HRV with the you know, flows crossing over each other across a simple heat exchanger. Mm. Is the ERV much more complex than that? And inside, no, it's it's the heat exchanger core. The the two um, units are identical in every way, and um, the only difference is the heat exchanger core. So. <clears throat> We have what we refer to as a heat exchanger core, and then we have what we refer to as an enthalpy core. And the right. enthalpy is the ERV unit, mm-hmm. the standard one. So it's literally you can slide one core out and you can slide the other one in, and it will become an ERV or an HRV. Right. So the box is the same. It's just whether you've got that media yep. between the, the uh, extracted air and the in, in, inflowing air. Which that makes it a, an HRV or an ERV? Yeah, it's it's what the heat exchanger core is made out of, right? And um, so the standard core will not allow for any moisture transfer under any circumstances from one side to the other, uh-huh. and the enthalpy core will allow for um, uh, for moisture to basically diffuse to whichever side of the membrane is um, the laws of physics will. Govern. So there's no mechanical function happening here. There's no yeah, chemical right. breakdown or anything. It's all actually just by Mother Nature. Yep. And, um, so there's no running cost, basically, um, for doing this. Um, so there's, there's no mechanical machine physically doing this. It's just actually a, a process by the laws of physics. Yeah. I'm going to have to start wrapping up soon, Grant. I could probably, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fellow geek on this sort of stuff, so I could carry on talking. But um, you mentioned before uh, ducting. What's what's the uh, issue with flexible ducting, which is the most common type for most residential yeah. installations of ventilation? Yes. What's what's wrong with it? Well, um, many people have um, bought and installed um, 
heat transfer kits where they have a fire in a lounge and they um, put their flexible ducting through their roof space and when the air gets to the bedroom, um, it's, it's not very warm where it's yeah. boiling, boiling hot in the, in the lounge. Yeah. And uh, the question is why? And uh, basically the answer is that um, flexible ducting, uh, when you put it on a scale of a Dutch um, pressure drop scale, um, it performs very, very poorly. It has very high resistance um, ratios. And it's really the corrugations on the inside that create um, cumulative turbulence. And uh, that turbulence also causes noise-related uh, issues. So um, uh, the, the pressure drop experienced by uh, flexible ducting, if it was installed perfectly, would be around about four times the amount of resistance to airflow than a nice smooth-lined duct would have. And in the real world, um, yeah. what happens is that people that install this stuff do not install it properly. They do not pull it out to uh, be tight and in a dead straight line. Um, they just actually join one end to the other and um, and leave the excess all lying around the roof space um, all nice and loose. Yeah. And that makes the problem even worse. And in fact, the resistance to airflow can go up to about 15 to 20 times the amount of a smooth line um, uh, ducting system. Um, <clears throat> now, all of that air slows down inside that space, and uh, then we're told, well, it's insulated, so it'll be fine, but the insulation um, R value is only 0 0.6. Really? And, um, yes, really. Um, now, Fantech also supplies this stuff too, so um, if we felt it was appropriate to um, specify this, we absolutely would, but we don't believe it's appropriate. And uh, and so visualize um, very low insulation ratio, uh, a massive um, surface to volume ratio, and um, slow moving air, and uh, all of your energy is gone by the time it makes yeah. it ten meters. So um, um, really, uh, and there's no way to clean it or maintain it. So if it does get dirty or contaminated in any way, you can only just basically replace it. So um, it's not suitable for the life of the building. It doesn't incorporate any maintenance or long-term um, vision. And um, it actually puts more strain on the machine itself, which has to is then forced to run at a higher speed to um, compensate for that resistance. And, uh, and therefore, then you have more noise-related issues. And so the issues just compound and compound. And the comfort levels for the end user just get diminished away and it's all very unfortunate um, thing. Somebody got a sale and um, somebody installed a system and the homeowner's left wondering, why did everybody say these things are great? <laughs> so, um, Right. So, so in general, you use solid, uh, solid yeah. wall ducting? The simple principles with um, ducting is that they should be have a smooth line yeah, and, uh, the Zender product actually has a very glossy, smooth liner, which is anti-static. Um, right. So being anti-static means that dust will just skip along it, and it's also uh, got an antimicrobial treatment, so um, it will um, resist the growth of bacteria and, and um, mold. And uh, it actually has a factory-approved maintenance um, scheme of, and approach and um, factory-manufactured tools to actually clean the ductwork, which is a legal requirement in places like Germany. Right. So that um, much like a, a chimney has to be cleaned on a regular basis, um, also in places in, in Europe, um, your ductwork has to be cleaned in order for you to have your building's warrant of fitness. And no warrant of fitness means poor resale value. <laughs> 
So, um, um, and it must be basically a rigid uh, or what we refer to as a semi-rigid product. So it maintains its um, dimensions at all times, even when it's in a compromised position. And um, and uh, um, connections that are actually airtight. So the Zender ducting system is um, a single piece of ducting from one end to the other. There's no joins in it except for at either end, which are done with O-rings. And um, so they're absolutely airtight. Right. And um, even so, is, in, it, is it made to the length you need? Well, it just comes in rolls. So there's just a um, you know, um, it's it's about sequencing. The installer who knows what he's doing will just do the longest duct runs first, and uh, use the leftover bits at the end of the roll to do the shorter runs. Right, right. Uh, so yeah. uh, we don't. Ah, cool. Yeah. Hey, look, um, we're going to have to uh, wrap up, Grant, but uh, it's fascinating stuff. Um, You have raised some really good points, and I definitely encourage people to um, check out what – where's the best place to go? Um, Is it Fantech? Yes. um, We have a um, a second website, which is um, www.fantechhv.com which is an interesting choice, but that's what it is, fantechhv.co.nz. Yeah. And that has a lot of our heat recovery stuff in there, although it um, does need a bit of updating due to these new products that have just been released by Zender. And um, alternatively, um, Zender, which is z-e-h-n-d-e-r.co.uk is a fantastic website to visit. Yep. For English speaking. Yep. I will. Uh, I'll put the links up to those uh, in the show notes so people can can get in touch. But I guess the key thing is for people to to do a bit of research if they're thinking about ventilation because there's a lot more to it than um, might be otherwise obvious if if you're being approached by someone or if you if you're sort of going out to market to look for ventilation systems. So, have you got? You got a bit of a team out there, or a sales mm. team. How does that work? Yes. Uh, well, basically, I have a um, I have a, a mechanical engineer uh, working with me. Um, yep. It's my right hand man, and I've just um, so the vast majority of the work has just been completed by the two of us, with the um, support of the Fantech crew of twenty four around yep. the country. So, um, but more recently, we've just taken on an additional person um, uh, as a full time Zender guy yep and uh, so he's just going through his training right now and um so really it's a team of uh, three dedicated people for zender within fantex group and uh, we're looking after all projects for australia and new zealand at this stage nice so all designs come to us and we just um, design a system and specify the appropriate components and then we provide all relative information and advise work with architects on how we can get this to fit within the building and um, have it um, a nice, smart, modern appearance. Basically, uh, yeah, we don't yeah. need big, um, big grills on your ceiling or anything that's un- unattractive. So Zender do a, a fantastic range of very modern or ultra modern um, grills, so that um, they don't look out of place. So. Nice, nice. Hey, well, thank you very much, Grant. Really appreciate your time, and uh, we we might have to get you back on to, to dive deeper into some of the some of those technical aspects. Um, we haven't even really gone into Zen 
<laughs> but no, it we... just goes, unfortunately it goes on forever and ever, and you can talk about it for a long time. Yeah, but, well, uh, I can. <laughs> the uh, the other thing you may be interested in talking about might be um, the appropriate use of geothermal ground loops, um, which we're getting absolutely fantastic results out of. Oh, hello. Yes, we we have actually we have touched on uh, geothermal. Um, Previously in the show, uh, and noted that it's going it's very popular overseas, um, mm. and and there are regions within New Zealand that it would definitely suit as well. So yeah, lots to cover. But um, thank you very much for your time this week, Grant. Really appreciate that, and um, I'll put those no, uh, links up so people can find out more. Wonderful, great awesome. stuff. Thank you, Matthew. Cheers. Thanks very much for tuning in to Homestyle Green. If you'd like any more information about HRV, ERV and other ventilation systems, then you can head on over to homestylegreen.com slash 115 and you'll find the show notes for this episode. And I'll also link up all the details for where you can get in touch with Grant and the team at Fantech and any other relevant relevant uh, links as well to some uh, some ventilation systems. It's a it's a topic that causes quite a lot of confusion, um, particularly because there are things that are often marketed as good ventilation systems, which just uh, are not basically. So, if you'd like a hand with any of that stuff, then give us a bell, uh, drop your line. I'd love to um, hear from you and help you out if I can, and. If you want some independent advice, then feel, do feel free to get in touch. You can email me directly, matthew at homestylegreen.com. I'm also on Twitter and on Facebook. My Twitter handle is at mcutlerwelsh, M-C-U-T-L-E-R-W-E-L-S-H. Love to hear from you. Thanks very much and look forward to speaking with you again next week on Homestyle Green. Now, go make a better place to live. 